yes, with the news of Derek Mason, it does make it a little bit of a sad day. But can it still be a sad day sprinkled in with a, a whole lot of positivity? I think so. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by and making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You can find me at All Day O State on Twitter. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. So, yes, you've probably seen by now Oklahoma State defensive coordinator Derek Mason has decided to take a sabbatical from football. After 30 years in the game, he's decided to literally go look for greener pastures, but not like you think, right? He's not jumping for somewhere else. When I say greener pastures, I literally mean the greener pastures he has in on his land over in Alabama. So it appears as though it legitimately is not for some football issue, which is a good thing. I think that does play a part in why there's a significant difference between that and the scenario where he were to be going to be a coach elsewhere. Uh, in the game of, of college football, the landscape does change all the time. It is a little late in the game, uh, which does kind of kind of have you on your heels a little bit. But again, if he's checking out his land and making sure that it's it's tip-top and ready to go, I would say that it's fair that he is, in fact, going to focus on some time away from football with his family. Now, it is inevitable, and it seems, that you can't really get that that coaching out of you. Uh, a lot of dudes that, that take time off inevitably do, in fact, come back at some point in time. So I don't know that that would be a massive surprise. And when it does come to the positive side of this, again, if he were to be leaving for another job, I think it would be fair to expect that we may have some more transfers involved. But because that's not the case, I can actually see this doing the opposite, right? This could be a moment where it, it gets the locker room more capability and 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 want to, right, to kind of come be, become even more of a cohesive unit and use this as a, an ability to galvanize themselves as players and, and together as a team. So with the ability we have coming back, I don't think that you can look at this as a complete disaster because I think outside perception may be, oh, great, Oklahoma State has some issues, and now they're also losing the, you know, the coordinator that did, in fact, help us produce the most throughout the 2022 season. And I think that would be a knee-jerk reaction um, because, again, it, it does seem very legitimate that this is – uh, him stepping away from the game of football. And then we're talking about the defense. Now, when we're talking about potential uh, hires that we could bring in, I think you could look really, really close internally to what we already have. Because at this stage in the game, I don't know that it's massively beneficial to go out and get a, a very big name unless it is, in fact, a very big name like a Derek Mason, you got to be able to move the, the needle significantly. 
if you're going to make changes. Because, let's face it, the guys that are here currently are the same guys that helped the transition from Knowles to Derek Mason, right? We know Derek Mason came in a little bit early, and he got with the staff, like Coach Joe Bob Clements, uh, like Coach Duffy, like Coach Hammerschmidt, like Coach Richmond, uh, that, that saw that, that transfer already happen and knew what the, the Jim Knowles style really, really was, was going to be. And to keep the terminology and everything as simplistic as possible for the players to be able to fly around more, you know, that, that was the direction that we went. Those same guys, if we were to go outside the box and get an additional hire, those are the same dudes that are going to have to teach this new wave of, of whoever and whatever it is. And, and let's be realistic. Most coordinators aren't exactly super, super high on the prospect of them coming in, learning an entire system, and then also not bringing any of their assistants with them. Now, maybe any, maybe a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but maybe one or two. It appears as though we are, in fact, going to try to continue as much as possible with the current staff, and I agree with that. I don't think it's a bad move. I think it's a smart move because when you've got guys that guys that have been here for five years, eight years, 12 years, 14 years, it is going to allow this transition to go smoother. And Coach Joe Bob Clements has, has been doing this a while. He's made some transitions uh, on behalf of Oklahoma State University for Gundy to make things work a little bit better. If we're not going to go out and get a big needle mover, I don't see a big, massive need to, to go out and, and fill this one. Bring up Joe Bob. Let everybody else kind of do their role. Bring in somebody else that could potentially help with, with the linebackers and, and coaching that strategic area. But if we're going to move the needle, let's move the needle. I'm fine with that. But if we're not, I, I just, you know, and, and you guys let me know in the comments down below if it sounds crazy to you. I just don't see a massive benefit in going out and getting somebody when, again, the guys are going to have to teach whoever we bring in are the ones that are, you know, already in-house. And again, they've been here a while. They know what is wanted. They know what's expected. They, they know what Gundy is looking to, to accomplish. And they kind of know how to keep it rolling. And then you got to look at it from the perspective of the players in and of themselves. There's a decent amount of leadership coming back. And, and I say that because, again, if you have over 800 daggone snaps uh, virtually between uh, 6 to 12 freshmen starting throughout the, the course of the season, that is going to be massively beneficial. That is development that you cannot get anywhere else other than on the field of competition, especially when you're going through injuries, right? The, the war of attrition doesn't exactly work on, on your side when you don't have a scout team to help you with preparation. So we'll, we'll look at it from the player's perspective as well. But obviously, real quick before we do, you guys already know that if you're trying to enhance your wallet, it's always a decent bet to betonline.net. It is your number one source for sports, news, stats, and analysis. Go ahead and get the latest odds and trades for every professional amateur league out there. From pro football, college bowl season, basketball, World Cup, whatever it is, got you covered. And if you love sports podcasts, they have you covered as well. We are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today and use your smart device to learn more. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. And again, here on Locked On Oklahoma State, we are here to simply point you in the right direction. So from a player perspective, whether we make big moves on the coaching side or not, you should be confident regardless. 
Because, again, this is probably not a situation where we have a major issue on the defensive side of the ball. That's been the strength. That was the developmental strength throughout the entirety of the season as well, and that's the bulk of where the freshmen got a lot of playing time. Other than wide receiver, defensive back, safety, that kind of area, it got a lot of playing time. It got got a lot of guys in the game. And we do know we're going to have some guys returning on the defensive line as well as the, the, the transfers that we brought in. That's something that I want to make sure we don't get swept under the rug. The transfer market that we have brought in, regardless of what we have lost, is still the best we've ever had. And still, 99% of it fills immediate holes uh, th- that we may have some concerns with. And then the leadership, right? With that many snaps being passed around, And that much, not only film study, but film study that's directly correlated to the game, right? That you have physical, tangible evidence of, okay, when a defense is in this coverage, in this league, with this kind of speed, I can expect this, you know, uh, this route to be run or this defense to be called or this guy to bail into coverage. And as we, we learn this stuff over time, it allows this transition to be a lot easier. And with guys like Kendall Daniels, everybody knows is is a dude and we have xavier benson obviously coming back he's gonna have a massive impact he now gets to step into that that big time leadership role justin wright fills that void that mason cobb leaves and again when you're bringing in somebody with over 100 tackles it is going to be massively beneficial i don't care if it is a, a, a scout team doing that on air is a difficult proposition for anybody so justin wright again fills another uh, hole trace ford okay we got it but justin goodlow Again, fills that hole. Jabbar Muhammad, yes, a little bit of a loss, but you got Ladarius Webb Jr. going to slide in. Again, we're filling that hole, and we already know Cam Smith is out there. And then from the safety position, yes, Jason Taylor II is going to go to the NFL. That's okay. We just talked about Trey Rucker and how he had to miss the entire season. He gets one chance, one game, one time to prove that he's going to be, again, a dude, and he does that in the bowl game in a big way. We already know what Lyric Rawls brings to the table. We already know that we're going to have some capabilities on the defense side of the ball. And again, the leadership with Xavier Benson and Lyric Rawls and, and, and Corey, Corey Black over on the outside and the defensive line, we have several guys coming back. They're going to be leadership capabilities. Obviously, Colin Oliver is going to be in that mix as well. We still could have some uh, fifth-year COVID type of, of guys come back and help shore that up. We haven't lost all but one, one backup offensive lineman. So it, even though we do, in fact, may have an issue at, at, at some of the wide receiver stuff, it seems as though, to me, we're not going to have a lot of major concerns about people leaving and following or transferring out because of Derek Mason deciding to step away from the game of football for his own personal, uh, potentially medical issues. It's not the same as him bailing because there are you know, more, more problems. And again, I think that the players are a reflection of that. They are bought in. They're stoked. They now have a much, much, much better ability to communicate with each other, which was something that was an emphasis on the season. They know how to make adjustments now, right? They know what to look for in the wild and wacky Big 12 conference. And yeah, the Big 12 takes a little bit of a lump on the head. Whenever you see DCU get kind of, you know, dragged through the mud in the national title game, but this this gap between the Big 12 and the Big 10, it's not this media-driven Big 10 crap fest that, that they want it to be. It's not. 
Now, clearly, the gap between the Georgias and Alabamas and, and people in the Big 12, yes, that argument has to be made. But this Big 10 stuff, it's, it's, it's for the birds, so we need to continue to improve, so we're flying into that category. Because at the end of the day, it is going gonna, is gonna to come down to finances. We're fine right now. We're definitely the number three in line right now. We're going to have to do a little bit more to, again, climb that next hurdle, to be able to, to eventually get to that level that we can have the Big Ten type of conversations when it comes to some of the monetary values. And again, in Brett Yormark, we do, in fact, trust. I'm very, very high on him getting it done. Um, you know, his ability to take on the, the Pac-12, not only has it been slightly comical, right, so it's good for the, the humor bone, um, the, the little battle that, that Brett Yormark's had with the Pac-12 commissioner, George Klyovkov, it's entertaining. And every time George Klyovkov tries to puff his chest about out and, and about, you know, the Big 12 being, you know, inferior to the Pac-12, Brett Yormark always has, you know, a, a counter move. And there's clearly a difference. This is a chess-to-checker situation. Brett Yormark of the Big 12 is playing chess. Meanwhile, Mr. Klyovkov over the Pac-12 is unfortunately being stuck into the doldrums of playing checkers. And it's on him, right? Next move. But you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna take somebody like a Brett Yormark behind the woodshed ever. If anything, it's going to be the exact opposite. George Klaukov is going to get taken behind the woodshed by Brett Yormark. And we may just be able to chip into that West Coast as we know we're trying to move over to. And I it may just be some of the Pac-12 football teams. I think that's more than a possibility. We know Arizona would be down. I think that. Getting Colorado into the conference now becomes much more of a conversation because no matter what anybody wants to say, Deion Sanders is going to do what? He's going to successfully recruit. So Colorado is much more appealing. And again, the Brett Yormark thing, it, it adds so much value. So to us, to be able to continue to stay on this trajectory, what do we need to do to maintain our spot up top? Because the beauty of being an Oklahoma State fan is, is this goes all the way around the board. Right? The athletic village that we have built rivals darn near anything out there. The tennis facility is in insane. The soccer facility is amazing. And these are sports that we're good at. Obrate Stadium for baseball is the nicest facility in college baseball. And this has been voted on by, by massive publications that say this. We all know what Galgar Iba can be when it has 11. 12, 13,000 people in it. It's an experience. It's no longer a game. It's something that's, that's entirely different than anything else. And now you have softball that is consistently in the mix. J.C. Hoyt's got women's basketball humming. I, again, we're going to keep talking about these, these people like J.C. Hoyt that bring massive things to the university. And again, the, the number nine recruiting class and, and all the basketball, it's huge. But football is in the driver's seat. Always will be. It's the money maker. It, it, it makes it the money, honey. It is what it is. So we need to make sure we're doing what we can to keep football a top, top, of, top of mind, as, as, as has been said previously before. You got to be able to, to drive home your point in football. We got to be able to capitalize a little bit more Got to be able to uptick the recruiting a hair. And I think it does, in fact, start with this defense. And maybe, you know, a little Jim Knowles, maybe a little Derek Mason. These guys, 
might just have the keys that they need to get this thing rolling with everybody they currently have on the defense and on the staff. And if these players are still this daggone excited for the next season, again, the galvanization thing. It has to be something just like we can talk about usually where there's smoke, there's some fire, right? As we have already seen, if there's smoke, there's typically some fire somewhere. Now, your ability to stamp it out and how quickly you do so, it's a different different conversation. But we're in the conversation to be able to, to catapult ourselves. We should be. We should be the top of mind team in the Big 12 moving forward. And as we've, we've mentioned before, if we capitalize, we win the Big 12 title, uh, you know, two years ago, and then we don't fall on our face this season, it's, it's again, it's a different conversation. But unfortunately, those things did happen. So now we need to take this transfer class that are filling these massive needs. You can even throw Leon Johnson III and Alan Bowman in, into this. You can even throw Kirkling into the mix, right, to be able to help on the defensive line. The transfer class is still the best we've ever, ever pulled in. It's the best we've ever done. But we do have the capability to do more, and I think, I think everybody knows that. I think everybody's coming around to the idea that there's a lot more that we can accomplish still yet. So we need to continue to climb. In the new Big 12, it's not going to get any easier. Right? It's going to become, I, I think you could say, more balanced, which essentially makes it more difficult. Because not only right now do you have to show up for every single game in the Big 12, there's not a get-right game anymore. It's not going to get any easier. So we need to stay at the top of this race uh, as much as we physically possibly can, and we know that there's a lot more that we can do. So let's just, you know, let's just get her did. Because if it's possible, we need to make it happen. We also need to talk about my favorite, as you all know. Yes, you already guessed. Bill Barr. Bill Barr is legitimately the candy bar that tastes really good. So good, in fact, it makes you forget that it's actually good for you. If you want a delicious treat that actually, you know, does the right things for your body, then you got to try Bill Barr. The holidays just ended, so what better time to kick in your New Year's resolutions, even if you're a little rusty on it, or if you're still rocking and rolling inside of it. We're going to cover these things in 100% real chocolate. That's something that, that separates them from everybody else, and they come in unbelievable flavors, like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And what does Bilt Bar do that really separates itself other than the fact that, yet again, it's a daggone protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It only has 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein. If if it's not inside your, uh, your, your New Year's resolution, then you need to go ahead and make sure that you throw it there. Because Walmart, right now, you can go to the pharmacy, grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars, a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box and hit all the flavors there as well. Because again... Built Bar is the only protein bar on the market that legitimately tastes like a candy bar. So with all of this leadership and undeniable talent and speed, should we be cons concerned extremely? I don't think so. Unless we do see some more major head-scratching dominoes take place. I'd say that, uh, you know, again, from a position-by-position position standpoint, we're fine. 
if we're adapting or adopting a little bit of a different philosophy offensively and we're going to cater to the guys that we have returning, then I think we're fine. There are some things to get cleaned up. There are some things that need to be fixed. But there's also a lot of things that we know can be very good. We know it. The players know it. And I guarantee you the remaining staff also knows it. Gundy, again, is ready to, for better or worse, put his back against the wall and start swinging and let's fight this thing out in 2023, which has got to give you a little bit of, of pep in your step, right? It's got to give you a little bit of comfortability knowing that Gundy has before risen from the ashes and he's done something productive. He's found a way to, to, to counterpunch a little bit better. This could be that. And, and, and again, just like we talked about the athletic village, right? All of the sports that we have going right now are doing well. We already talked about you know, a little bit about, about J.C. Hoy. She is, alongside Kenny Gajewski, the best hires we've had at Oklahoma State in some time. We are on the map in virtually every sport now. I don't think that there's a sport on campus that you could you could legitimately say, well, we're really bad at that. Because it's not, the, it's not the case. Softball is fun. Kenny Gaskey's bringing in big-time transfers, big-time classes, big-time gets. People are excited, right? Baseball, we already talked about Obrey. We already talked about Neil Patterson Stadium for soccer. We all already talked about how successful uh, tennis is. We're, we, we've talked about how cross-country was 0.02 seconds away from a national championship just a couple months ago, and women's was fourth in, in, in America in cross-country. Track, we're finally recruiting and getting some people in. That can't help us be productive. This is all across the board a really, really phenomenal time to be a cowboy or a cowgirl. JCI, Hoyt. You beat Texas, and then you go beat number 18, Baylor. We are rocking and rolling. We're taking down people we're not supposed to be able to take down. And she's getting people in. She's not supposed to be able to get in, just like Mike Boynton, just like Josh Holiday, just like Kenny Gajewski. We've got the blueprint to, to have more success. And there's more success to be had in football as well. It's not insane to, to, to have that debate. I don't, I don't think it's much of a debate. We've been putting in our time in every sport. And football, again, is the driver. It's the one that sits in the captain's seat. If football does well and makes money, then everything makes money. If everything makes money, recruiting makes money. We, get, we got it. So, again, this is a very good time to be a Cowboy, regardless of what issues we have a wide receiver, regardless of – of of you know whether Derek Mason is going to kick back his his feet and relax a little bit, whether we're going to go out and get somebody, whether we're going to handle it internally. Regardless, we have the leadership, we have the talent, we have the speed, we have the depth. Uh, the, the recruiting class is a good, really good developmental piece to have, and the tenacity and the aggressiveness that all across the board. You can see every single player. You can click, highlight, 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 and find one commonality in the recruiting class. Again, and that is the tenacity. The Dan Campbell, chew your kneecaps off dudes. We've got a lot of them coming. And then the transfer class is night and day the best we've ever had. Maybe the best we'll ever have. And they fill those immediate needs. So even amongst all the ashes, the things that we want to see for Oklahoma State to continue to improve, which are fair, 
those are the things that that I think we have the ability to turn the corner on. We're at a prove it juncture, right? The Big Twelve, in and of itself, is going to be able to continue to to grow. We need to be at the the front of that. In everything, we need to continue this. We need football to get the captain seat and get it right. So we're okay. We're just fine. Fix a couple things, right? Is that we don't have massive, massive leaks in 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 the pool. It's just it's it's some things that we need to to get shored up a little bit, get it patched up, and we're okay. We're fine. So, as always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you for making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. All righty, y'all. Until the next one. Laters.